0: hello and welcome to a podcast most foul i'm jake
1: i wanted to say my name first my name's anna all
0: right well you can do the intro
1: hi guys what's up now i'm nervous so jake take it away
0: Hello and welcome to a Podcast Most Foul. Again, we are back. Um, we took a little bit of an unexpected hiatus. The holidays were just kind of crazy for us.
1: Christmas is overrated and you can fight me.
0: She's not wrong though, is the thing.
1: Bye here. Mariah carries all what I want for Christmas. I'm going to jump off a bridge.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is truly the worst.
1: So our beginning sound... Our song might sound a little different, because in the middle of the hiatus, my computer decided to die. Um, so the hard drive had to get replaced, and I don't know shit about shit when it comes to computers. So I didn't ask them to back up anything, because I just like to live my life recklessly. So, oops.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, today we are talking about Artemis Fowl, the seventh dwarf.
1: If you don't want to, so the too long didn't listen, so you want to just, like, skip this episode because you're irritated with us for taking so long. Um, Basically, Artemis is a douchebag. I know he's 12, but he's a douchebag.
0: That's kind of like a tagline for the whole series, though. And uh, so this was a short story that... Uh, was released in the Artemis Fowl Files, um, a collection of short stories and some little games and puzzles. And uh, they also had, like, some interviews with some of the characters in the book. It was just a really neat little book. It came out... um,
1: My bad, TikTok was still open on my phone.
0: um, It came out, I think, after the fourth book. But this short story um, technically takes place between the first and second books. So that's why we wanted to visit it first before moving into book two.
1: Which is probably another reason why uh, I took so long is because if we don't do something consistently, I'll forget it exists. <laughs> um, so it's not a physical book. It's just like, you know, like 20 to 30 pages. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll read that later. Oh, yeah, I'll read that later.
0: All right. So... uh I guess we should just go ahead and jump into the into the recap.
1: So anyway, we are rejoined with my favorite character, Mulch. And he's burrowing, he's tunneling, he's shitting out the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> Pass, <laughs> passing gas. Anyway, and he's on his way to get a tiara with a very special rare blue gem in it. Because it Because he likes to steal stuff.
0: And, um it's on a like tour going to museums and being on display and stuff and it's going to be on display in this place in New York and so he's like hey that's close by to where i am i want to break in there and nab it and he gets there and <clears throat> realizes that like this is too easy there's no security i don't see any cameras this thing's just out in the open what's the catch
1: and soon we find out that the catch is that artemis
0: Artemis was hiding in, like, a sarcophagus that was on the other side of the room.
1: So think like the mummy. When a mummy comes out, but it's Artemis. It's a little shit-faced 12-year-old
0: kid. Yeah, he and Butler were hiding in there. And uh, they say, Mulch Diggums, we have a job for you.
1: Which I'm sure filled Mulch with a bunch of, like, ah, fuck. Like, when um, there's something that needs to be done right off the bat and your boss decides to just pick your name... Off the top of his noggin, like Anna, it's your turn, and this needs to be done by tomorrow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, and Mulch is like, "Well, what if I say no?" He's like, "Oh, well." He's then. like,
1: <laughs> "You can't."
0: If you do, we will leak your information to the uh, to the LEP, and they'll f- know that you didn't actually die like they thought. And Mulch was using a LEP helmet that he stole which did not have all the features shut off. So once Artemis popped out of the sarcophagus and he said, ah, it's Artemis fell." the microphone picked that up and sent a alert signal to LEP.
1: So his file got taken off of the intern's desk. So obviously this is more work than just for the intern.
0: And we get to see Foley and Root there. Fully tells Root that the name Artemis Fowl popped up on on an old helmet. They could tell that he's talking to a dwarf, and so they figure it's probably a thief. But uh, apparently, because of the way that their larynxes are shaped, all male dwarfs basically have the same voice, and they can't identify them.
1: Which I feel like is very convenient, like if... There was a dwarf who just decided to go be a criminal, not like just a thief or a petty thief or, you know, a jewel thief or anything like that, but like a fucking serial killer. It'd be oh, way easy for them to just like call the police and be like, ha it was me and fuck with them. You know, like the Zodiac kill- killer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so they say we need to send someone after Artemis Fowl because he's obviously up to no good. If he's conspiring with with another fairy. And they say there's only one elf for the job. Even though she is currently being...
1: Held hostage at a spa.
0: Um, well, she's technically on vacation.
1: Well... I mean, she obviously doesn't want to be there, so she's being held hostage. She said that there... She was basically like, oh my god, how much longer until it's over, because it was from one spa treatment to another, and there's only so much pampering that somebody can take before it becomes a chore.
0: And technically, we're talking about Holly, if you hadn't realized. Um, Technically, Holly is on... uh, She is not an active officer right now. She is being questioned for the events that happened at Foul Manor. And uh, so fully arranged for her to go to the spa to kind of take her mind off of things. And also to pick him up some hoof cream. Because he can't get it anywhere underground. And the uh, other people in the in the LEP would just make fun of him if they knew.
1: As someone with sensitive skin and is prone to eczema, I understand a good moisturizing cream.
0: <laughs>
1: I can sympathize with him.
0: So they contact Holly and she is thrilled to get to leave this spa. She uh, was staying there mostly to not offend Foley for hooking her up with the trip, but uh, she was not enjoying it. And so she goes and hoses herself off basically because she's in like an algae pond and she gets ready to go. So
1: uh, that makes me question, was this like a secret above ground fairy spa? Yep. Okay. But also I have another question. So Mulch was in New York City or whatever trying to s- steal that tiara. How did he get over there? Like, did he burrow under the ocean?
0: It's possible. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, we
1: don't know how deep the ocean is. Are there secret tunnels in between ocean? Like, like the top of the ocean, and then little ocean, and then he burrows through that. Like, how did that work, or did he take a boat, or did he fly commercial air?
0: Well, as we see later on in the story, um, the dwarves can actually pass for for humans, and so it's possible that he uh, hired a boat or he got on a plane.
1: I mean, he has money.
0: Yeah, he's got he's loaded.
1: I mean, he, if he doesn't have money, he will have money.
0: His his plan at the end of Artemis Fowl, he said that he was just going to go and get a uh, a nice apartment and just kind of live life in secret for a while
1: a nice apartment yeah
0: going to a that's nice penthouse
1: co- that's code for a studio apartment in new york city for 5 grand a month
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then uh we cut back to artemis and mulch at they're at his his lair his bat cave his his home base and they're making their plan they say that uh the actual tiara has already been stolen and this one is a is a duplicate
1: been stolen by a group of rogue dwarves called the Significants, which I think is really funny.
0: And they're led by the Significant Sergey.
1: They kind of sound like a punk band.
0: <laughs> uh, they are a group of dwarves who travel with a circus, and they have like an acrobat um, performance that they do. And Artemis has traced them down by... Finding a string of crimes that have kind of followed where the circus has stopped, and is realizing that uh, hey, the circus is kind of just a front. And so they plan on when they are performing, having Mulch sneak down under the earth and um, finding their stash and swapping out the tiara and uh, getting away like nobody, you know, like nobody's business.
1: Okay, but why is Argamus interested in the tiara?
0: So Artemis says that he is interested in the tiara because he wants the blue diamond that makes up the, um, basically the crown gem.
1: Oh, but why is the blue diamond so special?
0: Well, the blue diamond is so special because he wants to use it in a new experimental laser.
1: Yeah, but he doesn't explain how the laser works.
0: He doesn't, but he, but Mulch doesn't need to know those details.
1: But I need to know those details.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So they go and... Uh, watch a, perf- a performance of the circus to kind of learn the lay of the land and figure things out. And then they go back to his house to plan some more.
1: So Artemis says that he found S- Sergey. What did you say his name was? Sergey. Sergey, my bad. I suck at everything. Um. The significance used the same website mulch does to try to track treasures to steal. Um, and that's how he actually found them. So I guess they, that's their version of like, you know, the underground dwarf internet.
0: The dark web.
1: Oh, no, the dark webs are like actual nasty criminals. So this is the, the dwarf (laughs) web. (laughs) The dwarf web. Um. So then um, they basically start talking about their technique, about how basically there's always um, a dwarf guarding the, the pop-up tent where the treasures are being held. So they all trade off, and that's how they have decided that he precisely has seven minutes to take the tiara.
0: And um, so they go back the next day, and they are, uh, Artemis and Butler are in the crowd watching the show. And um, Mulch is getting ready to uh, dig underground and find precisely where the treasure at. After Sergey does his performance, he heads back to the tent, but before he goes to the tent, he makes a little bit of a um, stop at the treasure. And Mulch uses his beard to kind of echo locate where Sergey's at. and. Uh, he, you know, notes that that's where the treasure's got to be. And he kind of sneaks in the way of where Sergey's going to be. And he pulls out this pellet that Artemis gave him that's basically going to, like, be full of sedative. So he's going to put it in the dirt in front of where Sergey is. Sergey eats his way through a tunnel. And then uh, Mulch just knocks him out.
1: And then he is asleep.
0: And then he's sleeping.
1: They drugged him. Mulch isn't proud of this moment, guys.
0: Yeah, he he feels bad through the entire short story about kind of like betraying a brother dwarf, he likes to call them. And um, at this point, uh, Holly shows up on the scene.
1: Holly ruins everything. Let me just go ahead and say that. So, like... I keep bouncing back and forth between, oh, I want Artemis to win. But I think I just want to go with wherever Mulch is going. So since Mulch is going with Artemis, I'm like, fuck you, Holly. Mind your business. Look away. Nobody invited you.
0: (laughs) And she sees the tent and sees a dwarf go into it. And she's like, well, technically, the fairy council decided that tents don't Count as human dwellings because they're temporary structures.
1: So I can enter without being invited.
0: So she uh, uses her neutrino to like cut a hole and then seal the hole back together. And she is shielded, hiding at the top. And when she gets in there, she sees Mulch standing over um, the knocked out Sergei with a knife in his hand.
1: But she doesn't recognize Mulch because he's wearing a hat. Not a hat, a mask. <laughs> and a leotard like all the other dwarves.
0: Yes, he, he has a costume to look like the other dwarf performers. Um, but she just sees a dwarf on the ground and a dwarf standing over him with a knife. And she thinks that there's about to be a dwarf murder. Uh, a dwarficide.
1: You're stupid.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah. So, she unshields and... Uh, holds up her neutrino and basically says, (laughs) um, like, hey there, dwarf. What are you doing? I think you should probably drop that knife. And, um, so, he does. He gets a little bit worried because, oh shit, this wasn't in the plan. And he, uh,
1: And Artemis is talking to Butler about how, man, Butler should have already updated him with the status of what's going on. They're closing in on time and how they're probably going to have to move on to plan B because something has gone wrong.
0: Oh, and we forgot to mention that after he knocked out Sergei, he went down into the little treasure trove and grabbed the tiara. Yes. And so, um, after that, um, the other dwarves kind of end their show, and they head back to the tent, and they see the They hear voices. They hear voices.
1: Which makes one of them, you know, peek underneath to see what's going on, because, you know, it's a tent, so they can see at the bottom. And they see Holly... Basically holding two dwarves hostage. And then they're coming at them. And Holly's like, no, I got a gun. I'm going to smoke everybody, basically. And then uh, Mulch is like, it's not the matter of guns versus knives. It's how quick you can take them out.
0: Yeah, it's not how many bullets you have. It's how fast you can pull the trigger. Edgy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so the dwarves kind of all hop in the tent with their with their daggers drawn. And, uh, basically tell Holly that you can't take all of us at once. And, uh, she orders them all to lay on the grounds with their, on their backs with their arms outstretched. Because if you tell a dwarf to lay on the ground on their, on their belly, like you would for most people, they can dig away very quick. And you'll never get, get them once they dig away. And so, Artemis is now thinking to himself, oh shit, so... We got we we gotta definitely do Plan B. He um, heads to the tent and uh, just in the nick of time pops up in there and uh, he's he puts on a fake German accent and he's like, "What is going on?" I don't know if that was that is totally
1: not not terrible. You should retry that. That was awful.
0: Uh, He puts on a fake German accent and asks, "What's going on?" He says that he is with one of the buyers that they invited to look at the tiara after the circus. And
1: here's the name. I'm just not sure how to say that.
0: He says, I represent Herr Erik Stern.
1: And I'm over here like, is that a really fancy way of saying Howard Stern for a second when I was reading <laughs> um, So, I guess eric stern is a legend in the field of precious stones and i guess he is very knowledgeable about how to dispose of them illegally you know when you acquire them when you're not supposed to have them so stealing anyway (laughs) um and he he's also good at disposing of people who disappoint him
0: artemis is basically just buying time for Butler to get to the tent the dwarves aren't buying it they're starting to be suspicious of him Butler shows up. He slices a hole in the tent and kind of collapses it. And uh, Holly pulls out a stun grenade and throws it into the into the group. So Butler reaches in and grabs Artemis and he grabs mulch and yanks them out of the tent so they don't get hit by the stun grenade. And they start running. And uh, then Holly is on hot pursuit. Artemis tells... Wait,
1: hold on. Holly did something that I think is really shitty. Well, like while the six doors were down...
0: Oh, yeah, I, th- I thought that didn't happen yet.
1: She did it right before she also chased them out of the tent. Um, So basically she injected all the all the dwarves with this thing that um will track them, and then she can make them go to sleep whenever so they can get arrested at any point.
0: Yep, it's going to GPS track them and live in their bloodstream, and at the press of the button, she can just knock them out so they can come capture them.
1: Which I think is super shitty.
0: And while she is doing this to them, um, Artemis and Mulch have a conversation. He is like, so we don't have time for uh, our original plan, so I'm going to write you a check for 1.8 million euros. And then Mulch is
1: like, oh yeah, how am I going to know this is going to clear?
0: And he was like, I would never screw over my teammates.
1: But also he's like, if it doesn't clear, no, I know how to get into your house. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and Butler kind of gives him a sideways glance at that, and he's like, "Oh yeah."
1: And he can be like, he was going to be like, "Round two, motherfucker." <laughs> but you know, he's also scared of Butler because Butler is, you know, big, he's and strong,
0: and trained in all sorts of martial arts
1: and culinary arts and
0: culinary arts. Or
1: cordon bleu.
0: Yep, he's he's cordon bleu trained. Rich people. <laughs> and so mulch. Digs a tunnel and heads out, and Holly catches up to Artemis, and she tells him to freeze. And she's like, all right, I'm taking you in.
1: And he's like, you can't, though, because I didn't break any fairy... I didn't commit any fairy crimes. It's a human crime, so you have no business in it.
0: He says, you can't exactly uh, hold me guilty for working with a dwarf. That didn't endanger the fairy world whatsoever. And I'm like, I probably still... Uh, mind-wipe Yeah, They could probably have grounds to do that.
1: She wanted to mind-wipe him so bad.
0: But uh, he basically says that she has no legal grounds to arrest him, and she has to let him go. And she realizes that, damn, he's right.
1: And she's like, Ah, oh, man, right again, Artemis. But you won't see the last of me. Give me that damn tiara.
0: And so Artemis uh, argues with her about it for a little bit. And eventually... Tosses her the tiara and says, "Well, you've won." And as she's flying away, he reveals that he swapped out the he already swapped out the crystal for the fake the one in the fake tiara.
1: Um. So he's hoping that she doesn't notice that it has an oily appearance because it's not real.
0: So he gets away scot free, and we cut to the epilogue,
1: where you know what he fucking did with this fucking why. Fucking, this is what's wrong with the 1%. He ruined six fucking lives because they can get, you know, knocked out and arrested at any point. All because he wanted to give his mommy a fucking jewel necklace that was the same color as his father's eyes. That's so stupid.
0: Yep, he made her a little locket with the crystal inside. And the crystal, the reason he needed that one in specific... It's because it was the exact same shade of blue as his father's eyes.
1: And his eyes. And it marks the one-year anniversary of his father's disappearance. Fucking rich people.
0: Fucking rich people.
1: We should eat them. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, um, so I just wanted to say that Mulch is the real MVP. Um, He's a lot like Jake, guys. He, you know, he's a big, burly dude. Well, I mean, big... By dwarf standards, you know, whatever.
0: Dwarf is giganticus.
1: Basically. And he has like a big beard and he eats a lot and he poops more than I understand is uh, humanly possible. Oh and then he farts an obscene amount of times. But a lot of the time it's really funny and he's always there to help when you need him. Aww. Yeah, but mostly his farts smell real bad. Like imagine what Mulch's farts must smell like. Oh my god. So basically, yeah, he reminds me of Jake. Jake, you can cut this out at any time. I don't care.
0: No, I should probably leave it in.
1: You can do whatever you want, I don't care.
0: <laughs> um So what'd you think of the story?
1: Um Fuck Artemis Fowl.
0: <laughs> and fuck
1: his mom too.
0: Yeah, he's not the greatest.
1: All right, so um there was a few questions in the mailbag that I thought were really funny, so I'm going to go ahead and answer them. Um If I mess up your name, I'm really sorry. Aquacanus? Is that how you say it? You can phonetically type it in the chat later if I said it wrong. So it was, what is uh, your favorite 90-day fiancé couple? And at first, when... Because I... I'm so late to the party on everything. Jake told me that this question was in here. And then my initial answer was none of them. They're all trash. But then I went to Wikipedia because I was like, man, I've watched so much 90 Day Fiancé. I'm not caught up on anything. But I think my favorite couple is probably Kyle and Noon. Just because, um, you know, she- he brought her back from Thailand or whatever, and he was really supportive of her wanting to, you know, have her culture there. And, you know, he lived in a disgusting, uh, bachelor pad, and he was really concerned about making her comfortable and making sure that she was happy. And she was supportive of him when he was trying to, um, you know, cut ends with his, like cut ties with his mom, and she really pushed him to, Get better. So they're a really good group. And, you know, I looked up her Instagram because I'm a creep and they look really happy and they don't live in L- Louisiana anymore. I mean, from the last time I creeped on her Instagram, which was like, you know, sometime last year, but so I think they're the really good couple. The age gap is acceptable. Like they're in the same decade, I think. I don't really <laughs> remember. Um, cause it was a while ago and, so that is, I think, my favorite couple, and then like everybody else is trash. Like I really like Ru- Russ and Baola, but they're both really toxic. Yucky.
0: They're just interesting.
1: They're just interesting, but yucky. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and then there was a follow up question by Marshmallow, and uh, who from Art of This Fowl. Would you see as a 90 day fiance type couple? And I feel like I don't know enough couples or have enough names yet to be able to answer that question fully. But, um, I think some contestants, like somebody who would appear on a 90 day fiance type show would probably be Root. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, maybe, maybe Foley. Um, but I feel like he probably would appear on a different dating show. Or a different show in general, like maybe the Great British Bake Off.
0: I could or see, Nailed It. I could see Fully on The Bachelor.
1: I've never seen The Bachelor.
0: It's kind of fun. It's trash, but it's kind of fun. You're trash. But I'm kind of fun. Uh, Kinda. Uh, Kinda. Okay. <laughs> so, um... That leads me to our next section, Anna. Do you have a hell yeah?
1: Fuck! I forgot about hell yes. Come back to me.
0: <laughs> well, fear not. I have a hell yeah, and my hell yeah this week is Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth. It is a Digimon RPG where you basically play a uh, you play a detective who can go into the internet and you can travel around the internet and. You can raise and train Digimon and Digivolve them into all sorts of stuff. And you can have a little farm island where they can level up when you're not playing. And um, it's just really fun. It's it's a really sweet little game where you get to have your own farm of Digimon. And you get to solve a mystery at the same time.
1: Wow. (laughs) So I guess my hell yeah is that my Hoya compacta uh, propagations actually worked, which is really exciting because I foolishly bought this plant from Lowe's like two years ago and didn't know what it was. It just kept getting called a Hindu rope, and then I couldn't find anything about it, like how to care for it. Everything was vague. Nobody I knew that knew about plants knew what I was talking about. It was in floral foam. It grew really long. It was growing up. Um, It's not supposed to grow up. It grows down, guys. And um, thanks to TikTok, I learned that it's a Hoya Compacta. And um, so anyway... Um, I did what I do anytime I need a lot of courage to do something I'm not comfortable with. When I'm in the safety of my own house, of course, and no expectations of leaving, I got really drunk. So so then I took cuttings from the plant because it was entirely too long and it was too tall because that's how it was growing in the container. I got it from Lowe's. And this week it started sprouting new leaves and it has new growth. So I was really excited about it. And, um, So, I've uh, ventured into propagating because TikTok has given me all the confidence I need to let me know that, yes, I can propagate and all the glass jars I refuse to get rid of because they have a purpose, Jake. (laughs) They're not trash. I need them all.
0: I never said they
1: were. (laughs) You're like, you don't need them all. I need them all. And also... I save all the little plastic containers, too. I'm just roasting myself at this point. All
0: right. So um, we would like to thank you all for joining us. And um, thank you for waiting for us to come back. Hopefully we didn't lose too many of you. Um, and if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can check us out on a podca- or at podcast at PodcastMostFowl. You can also join our Discord. And hey, announcement time. We are actually part of a podcast network now called the Stony Grotto. And on the Stony Grotto, you can find other amazing podcasts like Hearts Against Balance, The Great Ninja War, uh, Seasoned Watchers, and Us. Yay! And so you can join their Discord server as well. It's a pretty great one. Um, we will link to that in the show notes also. Uh, we'd like to thank JWX Art for making our podcast. Um, our amazing art for our cover. Uh, we really appreciate it. And then our music is shared under Creative Commons by the artist Springtide. And you can check out more of their music on the Free Music Archive. I feel like I'm missing something. I don't have it in me. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's foul.
1: I don't know what to say. Give me a second. I forgot we did this.
0: <laughs> me too, for a second. Fuck.
1: Anyway, guys, this is a really important update. While we were on our hiatus, we, I made time to watch one episode of The Mandalorian. So we were officially on episode four of season one. Woo! Woo! <laughs> also, Star Wars is overrated.
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: man, I was hoping that was my
0: foul. So now that we're at the end, I feel like I'm forgetting something.
1: What are you forgetting?
0: That's foul.
1: No, fuck. I'm sorry. I'm going to (laughs) drink
0: So, now that we're at the end, I feel like I'm forgetting something.
1: Digimon is superior to Pokemon. (gasps) That's foul. I was really attached to the characters as a child. Me too. Ash is a little bitch.
0: Hell yeah, he is. (laughs)